0: You wanna illuminate this p? You've been illaminated. So today is Wednesday, February 24th, 2016, and this is episode 150 of the Defensive Security Podcast. My name is Jerry Bell, and joining me tonight, as always, is Mr. Andrew Callett.
1: Good evening, Mr. Bell.
0: How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? Good. We, we're uh, we we're a little late. Yeah. We've had a busy couple of days. It's my fault. I ended up having well, to work the weekend. It's
1: kind of my fault, too. I mean... I've got this silly wedding coming up, so I've been working out more. Not that it seems to help, but I've been going to the gym more, and I'm not a gym person, so I really have to like force myself, and that just makes it harder to get everything else done. <sighs> understand. So, uh, stupid life getting in the way of doing things that matter, like podcasting. Gotta have priorities, man. It's true. It's true. But you're here.
0: We're here now, so that's, it's true. that's all that matters, right? So uh, just before we get into the the stories a reminder that the thoughts and opinions we express on the show are ours and do not represent those of our employers so um so yeah this uh, th- there's a there's a distinctive theme to this week's show but uh we we'll get to that in a second the f-
1: uh, underachieving like we normally do
0: yeah well um that, that's not new oh i see yeah anyway we'll get to the theme in a second so um First story tonight comes from SCMagazineUK.com, and the title is Russian Bank Licenses Revoked for Using Hackers to Withdraw Funds. I thought this was pretty pretty interesting and and darn creative. Uh, So the allegation here, and there's really no spectacular technical details, I thought it was a very interesting concept that I hadn't really considered in the past, that apparently... If the allegations are to be believed, some banks in Russia are um, either cooperating with or um, commissioning uh, cyber criminals to come in and steal money from their customers uh, with the purpose of hiding potentially other crimes or and, and or inflating their bottom lines. Um you know, those
1: wily, wily Russians. <laughs> they're creative. I mean, they're just they, a, they're just ahead of the game, right? It's like the Nigerians were, you know, peak scammers. The Russians are just—they got crime down. Yeah. White collar organized crime. They are on the ball. Right.
0: It's, it's, they're, they're They're taking everybody to school. That's true. Basically, so, um, you know, I, I I do wonder if, if there's a. Uh, um, this is this this trend will spread, <laughs> um, you know, because it's it's hard to, you know, if you can transfer your losses somewhere else. Right. And and, uh, you know, the, the average cyber attack probably never has a firm conclusion as to who, you know, who perpetrated it. Well, uh,
1: of course, it was a nation state out of Russia or China. Well, is exactly. Exactly. Or- Occasionally North Korea.
0: So, I mean, if it was Iran or North Korea, you, you know, you really aren't ever going to, it's never going to get closed. So, you know, just pay me my insurance money. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, All you enterprising uh, organized criminals,
1: there's an idea for you. Uh, It's, it's clever. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure the, uh, the the various banking regulatory bodies around the world are going. Um. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do about this? Yeah. No, I mean the the bank had its license revoked, so clearly the Russian central banking authority was not very pleased about this either.
0: No, and I I do wonder because they they only revoked a certain number of um of bank licenses in three. I do wonder if if there was something. Uh, there's no detail in here, but I do wonder if there was something specific that they concluded uh, with, with those three in particular. They do say that in in, uh, in the fourth quarter of last year alone, there were was 1.5 billion rubles, which sounds a like a lot, but it was 20 million dollars, which is,
1: I guess, a lot. But anyway. I mean, for the, us little people, maybe not you.
0: Well, I'm just saying in the in the scheme of a nation or a banking system, twenty million bucks isn't a huge That's true a huge pot of money. Um you know, but um you know, I i I guess if that's the if that's the entirety of it, you know, I I do wonder how much these three particular banks were responsible for. Uh anyway, it, interesting it's like the uh you know, the um the water the water skiing dog story right there, so <laughs>
1: So, uh, complete aside, I'm highly amused on Twitter, by the way. Um, Swift on security, which hopefully is well known by most folks in the security industry. Uh, If not, you should follow her, him, it, whatever. Uh, It's entertaining and good content. Anyway, uh, she, her, him, it, whatever, has struck up an interesting conversation with Edward Snowden over Twitter lately, and it's, pretty entertaining to watch (laughs) they're they're becoming fast friends on twitter and it's kind of surreal i'll have to go look at that that's pretty funny so completely aside but wanted to to point that out there
0: late breaking news this is almost like cnn it's almost i mean we got we're covering (laughs) twitter stories
1: this is twitter news network (laughs) it's not news it's cnn oh it's so true
0: that's right I don't know how anyway, you ever know what's happening on Twitter without CNN.
1: This is why we should not podcast late during a work week day when we're both tired and worn out, because we're just scattered. Uh, that's right. I don't, I'm not scattered. What are you talking okay, about?
0: Okay, that I'm scattered. <laughs> All right. Smothered
1: <laughs> and covered uh, for the Southern folks. They'll get that joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you ain't Southern. <laughs>
1: All right, moving on. Moving Sorry. on.
0: Our uh, our next story comes from ArsTechnica.com and the title is Hospital Pays $17,000 for Ransomware CryptoKey. Now wasn't
1: this like 3.1 million last week?
0: Yes, in fact it was. uh, uh well I, I don't remember if, I don't think it was 3.1. I don't remember the exact number, but it was millions of dollars last yeah. last week. So we did talk about this last week and you know, I think at the time we we made a, a a bit of a joke because that number came from a um in a, somebody who wasn't actually involved with the um you know with the hospital so apparently they didn't know what they were talking about um there was a couple of things that were interesting to me here
1: so first of all we're actually issuing a correction apparently because we quoted an incorrect story
0: yeah that's true We'll need to have, like, an errata section of the podcast from now on. That might be longer than the full podcast.
1: <laughs> All right, carry on. All right, so, so yes. background, if you don't recall, this hospital system got hit with a whole bunch of ransomware, and it was affecting their emergency room, their operations. It was on a whole bunch of systems, and the story was, at least the last week, that it was millions of dollars to unlock the systems, and now
0: it this was. week... It was a uh, forty bitcoin ransom, and um, and and they they paid it, which is the equivalent to seventeen thousand dollars US. That's right. And uh, you know what? So there's a couple of interesting things to me, and I know we we speculated on this, or at least I speculated on this last week, and I and I think this is even more evidence that I may be onto something here. Uh, apparently this affected multiple computers right i it's it's not very clear exactly how many they they basically said they took down their network and but we don't really have any sense of scale of how many computers there were however the computers were not being ransomed one twosie. two right they were right. this was this was a central that they, they were ransoming the uh the organization which in the context of the story we talked about two or three weeks ago with that Dell SecureWorks, um, and I know we're not going to talk about the their speculation about it being a diversion. However, uh, at, in that particular story, the idea or the concept was that somebody had broken in to some unnamed organization and was trying to push out a group policy to install ransomware on... You know the the endpoints of this computer or are, are, are this um, organization, unnamed organization, and I'm wondering if this is becoming a thing, and if that's in, in fact what's what's happened here.
1: Well, I do think we're definitely seeing a pivot of ransomware instead of going after individuals, now starting to target corporations and enterprises. Absolutely, yeah. And and this is you know, so one thing by the way that we should just make clear is when they paid the Bitcoin, they did get their files back. The that's right. The bad guys did give the decryption keys back, and they were back in operation.
0: And I, and I think you you said last week you had a, you had a really good point, which is I mean really surprising to me. But
1: it is. Are you sure it was me? Uh, I think so. Could have been could have been your dog.
0: Maybe. Anyway, yeah. um, the, the the topic or the the. The theme was, you know, that the millions of dollars in ransom was pretty exorbitant, exor- right? Uh, exorbitant. Wow. And um, that I'm I'm still stuck on saying exorbitant. That's crazy. What, where the hell did that come from? Anyway,
1: um, <laughs> it's called it's called getting old. <laughs> it's called neurons in your brain misfiring. Yep, yep. So, um,
0: anyway, the. the 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 deal was that in in order for these things to work, people have to be willing to pay the ransom, right? It has right. to be it has to be a feasible amount of money, a reasonable amount of money. And seventeen thousand dollars for an entire hospital, which according to the picture looks pretty big, uh, to get back to, in the business, that's you know, a reasonable amount of money.
1: Yeah, if you're if yeah, absolutely. If, we, if you're looking at millions of dollars, you might try a whole bunch of other things first. Right. When you're looking at 17,000, and you know we've got a quote here from the, the leadership. So I guess this went on for about 10 days, and the IT team and outside consultants were trying to get everything back up and running, uh, but eventually the executives decided, quote, the quickest and most efficient way to restore a system's administrative function was to pay the ransom and obtain the decryption key. In the best interest of restoring normal, oper- normal operations, we did this. So to be honest with you, at a purely executive level, I kind of get where they're coming from. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that I'm not condoning or condemning, but I think if, if you're truly in trouble and the bad guys have a relatively good track record of coughing up the decryption key, when you pay 17 grand might look pretty reasonable. Yeah. And the point yep. is for the bad guys to stay within a range that is that reasonable transaction cost. If they get too greedy, I think that they they will get shut down. They they won't get paid.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know the the other thing that makes me think that this is not this is a a, a very fundamentally different campaign than what we've seen attacking individuals is these keys apparently are not expiring. I mean they're, you know in 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 other. The, the what I'll call residential or consumer um, previous ransomware campaigns usually you get like forty eight hours and then you know you're just out of luck. This you know this one went on for for ten days. There's another story I, that uh, I'm going to spring on you, which hap- actually happened on the same day as uh, as this hospital, and it was it was a, a school district in South Carolina, I believe it was, the Horry County School District. It's H O R R Y, and yes, I'm serious. That's what it's called. Wow! The the Horry County School District um, agreed to pay $8,500 in bitcoins (laughs) uh, to to un to uncrypto locker their uh, their data. And uh, and then there was, you know, I think uh, two or three weeks ago, there was a story of of a township in uh, in the UK, I believe it was, that paid and. There's been a number of police departments in the US that have paid and you know this is this is really getting to be uh, a, a common thing and I think that the problem I see is that with each one of these the you know it's paying you, you know f- think about this like game theory right from a from the perspective of the individual if you're the bank or the school district it's almost a no-brainer right you you know it's what's you pay a little bit of money it sucks right you'll have to do without coffee or something i don't know uh but you're back up in in you're back in business however you're creating a moral uh, just a moral hazard right because now more and more of these <laughs> these criminals are uh, are seeing that this is a, a just a, a great business to be in and we already saw the drydex team move in uh, they've retooled their their banking trojans to be crypto or, or uh, ransomware so I think this is going to just become a
1: disaster yeah no it's it's going to get worse it's it's funny I've been talking about this with with other organizations and because I've been sort of seeing this pivot happen and it's funny because some organizations I think are kind of into down they're like well we're not having a problem. So clearly our, our controls are effective.
0: Until they're not.
1: <laughs> right. And, you know, one thing that I'm thinking about is, and, and I haven't done any research on this, so I, I'm kind of dumb about this. But, you know, when you look at the home uh, backup market, you've got online backup providers coming out of the wazoo for, you know, just basically idle online backup of any change data and it's automagic and, you know, idiot-proof and, you know, whether it's Mosey or Carbonite or Backblaze or whomever, uh, you know, I would start looking at, for your key personnel, doing something like that on their machines. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, but but the challenge there is, you've got to look at if every time a file changes, it gets backed up, as soon as it gets encrypted, it's going to get backed up. So, you've got to watch the versioning control on that really carefully and figure that piece out. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of enter- enterprises and organizations are looking at this from a server level and a server backup and restore level, uh, which is fine. But man, a lot of stuff happens on machines, on on desktops and workstations, and laptops. Yeah. So yep. I don't know that a lot of organizations have got a game plan around that yet. Well,
0: it, you know, the the interesting thing is we don't we only hear about the ones that that are highly public, and I suspect. It's mostly the organizations that have some connection to the public sector that that we end up hearing about this because I, I suspect we don't ever hear about the ones who had a backup and didn't have to pay, right? And, and we also probably don't hear about private companies who got hit and and decided to pay because a good, you know, they good question they don't have a um, an incentive although the next story we have actually a uh, great way to segue, it comes from SC Magazine UK also, and the title is 44% of ransomware victims in the UK have paid to recover their data. Now, that's the UK number. This is a report from Bitdefender, and we talked a little bit about, you know, <laughs> understanding who's writing the reports. And, and we're
1: really talking about consumer level, not necessarily enterprise level here, right?
0: Uh, Yes. Okay. Um, I, I believe so. Um, although I think in the in the actual report, they are they do cover, I believe, some organizations. But you know, interestingly, the um, the U.S. number was fifty percent of victims have paid, so even wow. higher. Uh, but the, the headline, or the, you know, what was what was probably most newsworthy, is that the U.K. paid the most. So they were willing to pay the most money f- to get their files back. So, um, anyway, hmm. you know, I, I I have a feeling that the that the survey was completely unscientific, and you know, they probably shocking. were shocking. They were probably uh, asking people who were walking away from the Bitcoin ATM. You know, did you right. just did you just buy those bitcoins to unlock your files?
1: P.S. We have a piece of software that'll help you.
0: <laughs> That's right. Or not. We're or not.
1: Well, you know, it was interesting because I actually talked to Bob the other day, which I know he, you guys are still not talking. We're working on that. <clears throat> but he was telling me about a company he was working with where the executives are demanding uh, anti malware software. Sorry, anti ransomware software. Sorry. Um, and, and, Bob was having a really hard time explaining to their executives that that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And and the challenge, of course, is that the, the initial exploit could be of any variety, and the payload can be ransomware. So there is no one vector for ransomware. And this was very confusing, apparently, according to Bob, to the executives that he was talking to. I
0: can see how that would be confusing. And uh, I mean, because, and, and, you know... Look, they're marketing. I mean, it's semantic. How can they not fix it? It's Bit Defender. How can they not detect this stuff? Right? I mean, it just malware doesn't make bytes, sense.
1: Malwarebytes ran clean.
0: Right. Oh, you know. Hey, speaking of that, um, the other thing that was a little little concerning about this one and some of the others we've talked about is it appears that they unlock their files and then run antivirus. And then, you know, they just do the yep, malware bites <laughs> came back clean. Oh, yeah. Put it, put it back in the service. No.
1: No, please, no. But I mean, it, to be honest, maybe, may right? I mean, in all actuality, uh, if, if you're a ransomware gang, you probably don't want to screw around too much more because you don't want to get a reputation of not doing what you're saying you're going to do, right? So if you left a whole bunch of other. Uh, malware behind, you're going to get a bad rep, and then people may not pay in the future.
0: Well, I, 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 agree with that. However, if you've got a computer that's been owned by some malware, even if the you know the the honor of <laughs> of your attackers is is pure. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what else did they click on? What else did that person who got infected click on? Oh, you know?
1: fine, blame the victim now.
0: Yep, I am. I'm a victim blamer. That's right. I'm a, I'm a ransomware victim blamer.
1: Send your hate mail to Jerry.
0: Um, in you know in in the uh, in but but copied uh, me for the entertainment value. <laughs> in the in the case of the school, that uh, I'll put the link to the to this uh, school district. They they gave a little more information and they said that the um, the ransomware came in through an old server that was not maintained and and I got to thinking okay it, something doesn't sound right there. Uh,
1: Did you tell them to shut their hoary
0: mouth? <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, it it, it kind of goes back to the point of you you got to know what's on your on your network otherwise you're going to end up paying uh, some bitcoin. No kidding. And uh our last story for today. Not, oh. not
1: true. Not true.
0: Okay. Cuz we've
1: got a we've got a Norse Corp follow up that I want to Oh, yes, yes, through. that's right. So, okay. Our second to last our story. second
0: to last story. Yes. Yep. Um this would have been a much bigger deal had we covered it last over the weekend, but the uh the title of this one is uh extremely severe bug. Leaves dizzying numbers of software and devices vulnerable, and this comes from Ars Technica, by the way. So I'm, of course, talking about the uh, glibc Earth Burning vulnerability.
1: Whatever. It doesn't have a logo and a fancy name.
0: Uh, I, I yes. See, that was that was what when this came out. People were running around freaking out. Oh, my God, this thing is, it's terrible. There's even a proof of concept. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, where's the logo and what's the name? It didn't have either. And guess what? It's not all that bad.
1: There was a lot of confusion early on about how exploitable this would be. Uh, we'll go ahead and run through the story first. Then we'll kind of talk about that. Yeah, sure. So
0: this is a, this is a bug in a in a particular piece of code it's the it's the uh, get name by adder um or sorry get adder info function which basically uh lets you and it's kind of funny because um get adder info replaced a function that was vulnerable to the ghost exploit last year right but anyway um it's a it's a function call in glibc which is kind of like the nucleus of many linux systems uh, from a from a code perspective it's not the kernel it's it's uh, it's it's commonly referenced in many different applications uh, the, and so when an application wants to let's say you know figure out how to get to google.com it makes a call that ultimately gets to get adder info and that gets ultimately passed into the dns uh, system well it was uh, vulnerable to a buffer overflow uh, actually, a stack overflow, not a buffer overflow. There is a difference. And um, uh, so this was found by Google and Red Hat and someone else. It was uh, it was reported to Red Hat in the middle of 2015. It has a CVE number of 2015. Um, but apparently at the time, they didn't really understand either how exploitable, I, I think you know this this part gets a little unclear to me uh, it it seems like red hat didn't understand that it was exploitable and so the new news was that some google researchers came along and apparently figured out how to exploit it now they google released a proof of concept which is basically just a denial of service but it only works in very specific circumstances like you you know you you basically have to um run your own name server that they provide you, which provides really, really messed up responses back.
1: Yeah, because wasn't there a bunch of theorization around this that because of many operating systems having things like uh, address Space randomization and a few other sort of built-in default OS-level controls that most common boxes weren't going to get popped by this, uh, unless they had very very basic rudimentary protection.
0: Well, that, that's absolutely right. So so most Linux systems these days have ASLR, which is address space layout randomization. Thank and, you. That's and, what I was trying to remember. And the the, yeah. the purpose of that is so that uh, it's basically to mitigate these kinds of bugs. And so you know right. if if somebody exploits it, the worst thing that happens is it crashes, and you well okay that's it's a denial of service. They don't own your data. Um and install ransomware um but anyway so so the way this normally works is um you know the attacker needs to figure out okay uh, where when in this buffer over or in the stack overflow where does the you know where where am i writing and you know and, and then you you craft some shell code that you have to feed into it um uh, ultimately resets the the instruction pointer to you know that some of the data that you have imported which then starts running and you can uh, you can have all all sorts of fun um, The problem is that it's really really difficult to do if there is ASLR and even if there is Al you know even if you can find that m- my my belief is that... The, the exploits are going to be very platform dependent right so this right. is not like a heartbleed or a shellshock type of deal where you know it's you one little one little uh, exploit line of exploit code is going to own everything um, it's it remains to be seen if the exploits can traverse through uh, a, a caching or a, you know a, an intermediate dns server which most and systems, you know, do there's there's not a lot of um, endpoints that don't end up funneling through some through some DNS server.
1: Yeah, because they were thinking the most likely avenue of attack was going to be against a DNS server
0: on this one. Right uh, now, the problem is that it it, it is, is definitely true, but it, you know the, the the nuance is that a lot of things make these DNS calls that aren't obvious. And so some of the proof of concepts were running sudo. Because sudo will do an, a DNS lookup and wget, which obviously does, you know, and, and on and on and on. So there were lots of, um, you know, lots of, of, of fun uh, happening. But uh, sh- long story short, it's a, it's a bad one. It appears to be fairly well mitigated. However, Google still says, or at least implies... That they have a weaponized and I use that use the scare quotes around weaponized version of the exploit that they're not releasing um, when you read the when you read the wording of their press release, it doesn't actually sound like they have one to me, but some of the people involved are,
1: are you calling them liars?
0: No, I'm saying that the press release. Indicates that they don't have it, and other people have inferred things that weren't written. That's what I'm saying. All right, then. Um, anyway, uh, but I think the bigger issue potentially is that this library is used everywhere on your home routers, and you know, fortunately, it wasn't used in Android phones. God knows every Android phone out there would be would never get patched ever. Rare. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, okay,
1: Apple fanboy. Well, no,
0: I'm I'm just bitter that that uh, Android doesn't have a good update ecosystem. That's, that's true. Okay, that's uh, fair. Um, but there are a lot of embedded devices that a don't get updates and b don't have ASLR. Yeah. And so those are the ones I think that are probably if and when a a reliable exploit mechanism is found that those are the ones I think that are really going to be hurting. Yeah. I would agree. So I would agree. So let's do our, um, our errata section and, and talk about, um, Norse.
1: Well, it's not errata; It's just an update. Well, okay, fine. An update. So, so just to catch everybody up, um, weird things afoot with Norse Corp, which is a well-known threat intelligence feed, and they have the nice little pew-pew map that everybody likes. And they sort of seemed to disappear and then come back and then disappear, and then nobody knew what was going on. So they fired the CEO, hired a new dude, um, you know, and then basically Krebs came out and really had a pretty harsh article on them. And about a week and a half later... um. Norse Corp put out a press release, uh, basically firing back at uh, Brian Krebs, saying, no, 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 he's all wrong. And so it's interesting that they took, A, this long to reply, and B, what they had to say. So uh, first of all, the the headline alone is epic. So here's the headline from the press release. Threat intelligence innovator Norse Corp releases findings of an investigative review, uncovers serious errors in recent coverage of the company. So, first off, they're, they're the threat intelligence innovator, and, and clearly they've launched an investigation dun, dun, dun. <laughs> And uh, that investigation revealed errors.
0: They, they investigated themselves and found right no problems. <laughs> So, uh,
1: you know, the press relief is, is is kind of interesting, but but in essence, they go through and try to refute a bunch of stuff that that Brian said in his his article, and and you know try to try to dance around some things and sort of wordsmith their way through ways of denying things without necessarily fully denying things. Um, and they they address some allegations of these shell companies that that. Uh, Brian pointed out in his article of founders having, you know, this history of having shell companies and, and startups that sort of transferred, you know, resources amongst themselves and failed. And and basically, Brian was sort of alleging a bit of a shell game with, you know, these sort of backing of companies, this habitual, sorry, a bit of a cold here, habitual um kind of alleged of, of uh, habitual financial malfeasance going on amongst some of the early founders and and so the the press release comes out and says, you know, we're not associated with any there's no relationship with these companies. We don't know what you're talking about. Uh Norse Corp was founded by these people this date and there was never any shell entities. Uh we don't have any relationships with these people. Um you know, so It's interesting, and then they go, you know, to set the record straight, this company changed his name to that company, and then somebody did work there for a little while, but then he did this, and so a lot of dancing going on in this, and, um, you know, the short and long of it is I really feel that something very weird happened with um, Norse Corp, and then they, you know, got their stuff together enough to keep going. I think they came very, very close to going under, uh, and now they're kind of sort of having to address these allegations uh, because customers, investors, and others are, you know, worried about these things, and, and Brian Krebs has a tremendously strong reputation of being accurate and thoughtful and careful in his reporting, so um, they had to come out and do it, but, you know, I'm not going to read it verbatim, but it's it's interesting how they— re- Rebut these things that Brian said, and it's worth going and reading. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know. I, I still think Norse Corp is probably in some pretty serious trouble. Well, yeah, I think they. I think the
0: this CEO more or less admitted as much. You know, the the, the outgoing CEO admitted some mistakes, and you know, they had to let out let go of a bunch of people. And um, you know, it it it, def- it definitely sounds like they they have some revenue problems. Uh, but I don't. I get the feeling that they were um, kind of. I don't know for sure, right? But it, it seems like they were kind of pre-profit anyway. Yeah. And and uh, you know when 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 you're pre-profit and you're burning through money, you know, and in, in your investors, <laughs> you, you don't you don't uh, meet some milestones and your investors start getting uh, a, a little uh, squirrely, you know that's a that's bad. It can it can be really a bad thing so it does seem like they've they pulled through there was certainly the really odd timing of the release of brian krebs story and then the um apparent denial of service against their their site which took them down and and kind of fed the you know fed the rumor mill and, and fed into the the whole the whole story of the whole um uh you know the, Whatever, right? So- yeah,
1: weirdness. There, there are a couple other quotes too that are kind of interesting. So, uh, quoting from their press release, the article, and when they say the article, they're, re- they're referring to Brian Krebs' article, repeatedly quotes former Norse employee Mary uh, Landsman. Sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. A senior data scientist at the company, and if you go back and read Krebs' article, uh, she has some pretty damning things to say. Uh, you know, kind of alleging that she was supposed to be the senior. Uh, like the chief know,
0: data, like the chief yeah. data scientist or something, and, like that. and
1: could never get full access to the data and that sort of stuff. Right. Um. So the, the rebuttal of that is, quote, in her role, uh, Miss Landsman's access was limited to honeypot data. She never had access to core Norse technologies. Many of her comments are therefore not based on full understanding, awareness of Norse technical strengths and abilities. Now, what's weird about that is a lot of what Norse sort of sells themselves on is network taps and honeypots. Right. Now, so this is a weird play on words. I don't know if that means that they only let her see honeypots and not network taps. I don't know what that means. That's weird. Um, uh, to go on, the article, quote, several other former Norse employees, quote, while presented as facts, virtually all of the statements represented personal opinions. Well, uh, okay. it, it certainly, well,
0: certainly seems like that's
1: true. Yeah. Uh, yeah but that doesn't necessarily refute any of those opinions as accurate or inaccurate
0: true i do find it <laughs> so, interesting though that that brian krebs has not really responded at all and you know i don't know if i don't i don't know if he's at some point i don't know if he's um you know double checking his sources or
1: i don't i don't know i mean this this last section is is pretty epic uh quote We believe that Mr. Krebs' reporting relies heavily on drawing tenuous ties to past entities, while glossing over Norse's unique intellectual property assets, undeniable technical strengths, strong competitive advantages, and overall market presence. Mr. Bain noted that's the new CEO. Now, tell me, who is that statement targeted at?
0: (laughs) Well, it's a press release. I mean, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a news story. That's a. It's a, it's a, like a, a PR press release. Because at the bottom, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me, it has the whole about oh, yeah. Norse Corp, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's on Business Wire. It's an absolutely press release. Uh, the, the quote goes on, We are aware of the challenges facing the company, and we are committed to making the changes necessary to overcome these obstacles. We ask only for a fair and comprehensive evaluation of the company as we pursue business opportunities and serve our mission to provide the best threat intelligence to a market that clearly needs superior security services. So... I, I'm not trying to slam Norse here. What what I what I think is going on here is they almost went under. They got enough funding under them to continue on, and now they're having to clean up the mess. And yeah. and this is very much targeted at future customers and future investors.
0: I think that's fair. I mean, and and and, and unex- I mean, not not unexpected. I think any company in that position would would. React yeah. similar, similarly, right?
1: It's just interesting to watch. I mean, my other, my only other comment is that um, it, it's a little clumsy. They probably could have used some better PR around this, but they waited a really long time to put out statements. They could have put out almost the next day. That is true. You know, uh, in my opinion, I mean, maybe they went and did maybe know, they exhaustive may, research. Yeah, I do I mean, Maybe I, they
0: they did hire investigators and <laughs> performed a thorough investigation. So
1: I mean, it's really easy to armchair quarterback this right from the sides without really knowing anything. But it's it's kind of a crazy story going on in our industry, um, and you know we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I, I I do like to I do hope that Brian Krebs would have done a little more homework than you know what they're alleging. But I don't know. I mean, it's like it feels like I don't really know what the heck. <laughs> Is is real, do, you know?
1: Do you think he got taken in by some really disgruntled former employees? It, uh,
0: you know, if 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 you believe the narrative that Norris is trying to put out, yes, that's that is certainly what that's certainly the message. Um, but what what do you think happened? I don't really know. I mean it yeah. it, it 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 certainly <laughs> seems like the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um you know I, I i do think that when you know when when you have a startup like that who it, you know it, i don't think it was a small startup but I, th- I think it sounds like they had a f- you know f- a fairly oh yeah significant number of people and then they let off a th- you know 30% of them right after christmas I, you know you're going to you're bound to get some unhappy you know, some unhappy people and this is not a uh um you know it's this is fairly small uh industry you know (laughs) and and uh so it's not inconceivable that somebody could play brian but i i go back to it i just it it seems like given the you know his other his reputation to me at least he would have done more due diligence and that's why i'm 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 still i still don't know what's going on
1: yeah yeah I, i I have a tendency to give a benefit of the doubt to Brian because of his history and experience. But who knows? I mean, you bring up a viable point that maybe something odd did happen here. Uh, you know, the other thing I would say is that you everybody's got disgruntled ex-employees. I mean, stuff happens in business. Uh Right. But if you've got yourself in a position where you're so vulnerable as a company that a couple of disgruntled ex employees can hurt you this bad, you probably have some foundational challenges. That's a good point. Um, You know, I'm I'm not saying it's fair or right or wrong. I'm just saying uh, clearly Norse has got some challenges that they've got to get through. And, you know. Yeah. You know, I,
0: I wonder, too and this is kind of getting into you know business and and philosophy somewhat more than than security but if if it had to do somewhat with like a you know a, a really badly timed sequence of events where they you know they they hit hard times profit wise they had to let th- let go 30% of their workforce they let go their ceo a whole bunch of their board members and i don't know who else you know what other you know, maybe there was a leadership vacuum And, you know, they were basically trying to hold the wheels on the the wagon and and, and they're only now in a position where
1: they can start dealing with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, why I think this matters, by the way, the reason we're covering this is not just for the gossip purpose, but threat intelligence as an industry and as an offering is something we're hearing a whole lot about right now. And it's, you know, if you're paying a lot of money to a vendor, Uh, The viability of that vendor matters, yeah, and and the quality of their feed matters, right? And so, if this is happening to Norse, it it could or could not be indicative of a fundamental challenge with threat intelligence as an industry. I don't know that to be the case. So far, this seems to be isolated to Norse Corp. But uh, for me, the jury's still out on whether or not you know these these. Threat intelligence services are really all that useful. I really feel like, in general, threat intelligence feeds are something that you consume and maybe can get use out of when you've got almost everything else taken care of. And it's really rare to be at that level of maturity. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Just get all your stuff patched first, and then we'll talk.
0: <laughs> um, I, it, it, it does, you know, certainly does seem like if you were to go to RSA... Or, or you know the, the summer camp this uh, coming up in in Las Vegas, I, I would bet you there's a lot of threat intelligence players, and and I got to imagine it's more than the market can bear.
1: Oh, and, certainly. And um, well, and, that happens anytime you've got a new industry, uh, you know, with VC money chasing it. You're always going to get this sort of spin up of of more than can survive.
0: Right, but I guess the, the I, I think the I think what's really interesting here is that uh, threat intelligence is such an amorphous term and, yeah. and, and an amorphous concept that there's going to be a wide variety of uh, of options and, and, and offerings from one company to another, and it seems like more than other industries that we've seen, there's probably going to be some mass extinctions uh, in, in, in this in this industry as people start to realize what's useful and what's not useful. And yeah. some of these companies, you know, are, don't have a, 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 you know, a saleable product.
1: So, well, and typically what will happen is they'll get gobbled up by somebody else, right? Yes. There, there's always some book value typically for at least some of their intellectual property or, or their customer base or something. Right.
0: Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I do think that's, you know, to me, having been in the industry for a long time, it does seem like this is one of those industries that does not uh, make sense as a standalone. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it seems ultimately like it's going to be rolled up into something bigger. So anyway, I think that is the show for this week. Thank you very much, we're, Mr. We're, Kelly. We're,
1: we're intentionally not talking about the Apple versus FBI thing. That's too political for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why do do you hate America? Um.
1: (laughs) Anyway. Um. Um. Wait. No. See. Uh, But, you know. I side with Apple. Okay. (laughs) Stop hiding terrorists
0: in phones and we won't have this problem. (laughs) Anyway. We will talk again next week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, just a reminder: the uh, links to the stories we talked about are in our show notes on our website at www.defensivesecurity.org. Thank you very much to those people who have donated to our Patreon campaign. We are uh, we continue to be amazed at people's generosity. Thank you very much for that. Um, if you enjoy the show, give us some love on iTunes. That you know, it always makes us feel good. It's like you know, rubbing our ego. Not that that needs to happen, but anyway. You, Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at DefensiveSec. You can follow Mr. Kell on Twitter at Lurg and me on Twitter at MaliciousLink. And with that, we will talk again next week. Hopefully uh, we'll be out on time next week. So take care.
1: Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.